Hey guys, welcome back to Picking Up Loose Threads. I'm Maya and this is episode 10 of my podcast. It's called Celebration or Appropriation, Culture in the Fashion Industry. So the title says exactly what you need to know about what we're talking about today. There's no kind of pun today. Um, The role of ancient traditions and culture in fashion and kind of the controversy surrounding these, quote, trends, and if they really should be trends in the first place. Um, this idea was suggested to me by my friend Azra, so thank you so much. Um, I found the research and the planning stage of this episode really interesting, so I hope it sounds as interesting to you guys. And if you have any ideas or just some feedback in general, um, message me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is at mangamimosa, of course. And yeah, um, so this episode is episode 10, like I said, and I think I'm going to end season one here. When I started this, I didn't realise that I was going to do multiple seasons, but on the app it says season, what season is this? I was like, hmm, maybe I'll do season two. And I think I'll begin a new set of 10 episodes um, as season two, starting next week, or maybe the week after. I'm not sure, but most likely next week. Um, So that's exciting. This is the season finale. Um, As always, stick around um, for the end for Instagram account of the episode which is on its third week already it's three weeks old um yeah so this episode is more serious and it's more like real life issues so very very different from last week's episode where it was mainly (laughs) my opinions um and because this is such a worldwide thing and we're talking about nations and culture here please correct me or let me know if I say anything incorrect or offensive just know it's not my intention to be hateful or offend anyone and on saying anything wrong if I do hopefully not (laughs) I would like to know and correct myself and apologize and learn but yeah I don't mean to say anything bad just in case okay let's get started so I did a lot of planning for this episode and I wasn't very educated on this topic um and because of this at the end of the episode I'm leaving a bibliography in case you want to know um what are some of the sources um, that I got the information from, or if you want to go read some articles or whatever. Anyway, that'll be there. Um, This episode is loosely based off of the concept of ethnocentrism and Eurocentrism. I know, big words. It took me a while to understand what they meant, um, but I hope I can kind of summarise them for you. Ethnocentrism is evaluating a culture based off of the norms in your culture, so kind of judging someone for what they do in their traditions because it doesn't align with what you do in your culture. And Eurocentrism is the same sort of thing, it's a type of ethnocentrism. And it's the same concept but kind of only to do with Europe. So like seeing Europe as the strongest, not really regarding other cultures... Um, An interesting fact that I found was that non-European designers are frequently asked how their pieces or collection relate to their culture and are seen not as designers of new pieces, but only designers modernising their traditional dress and their culture. When in fact, it's not true at all, but because of Eurocentrism and other ideologies, it's seen this way. Um, This is compared to European designers who are almost never asked how their work relates to their culture which is crazy. Um, And I also stumbled upon a book called The West and the Rest by Niall Ferguson, which sums up the idea of Eurocentrism perfectly. It's kind of highlighting the West and glossing over 
or forgetting about everyone else. And I'd never heard of this word before, so I thought I'd share. But in this podcast, I'm going to go off into kind of cultural appropriation and kind of down that route more. Um, If you don't know, cultural appropriation is adopting a part of another culture into your own um, and can be highly controversial and is very prominent in the fashion industry. Hence this episode's theme. I don't know if you guys realise it, but cultural appropriation is all around us, sadly. In our everyday lives, just through the people we walk past on the street and the clothes they wear and the people we look up to online and in the media too, don't get me wrong, I love a bit of keeping up with the Kardashians. But Kim Kardashian has had two very famous scandals over the choices she was making in regard to her looks and her fashion and her brands. The first scandal happened in 2018 when Kim made her appearance on the MTV Movie and TV Awards red carpet. She rocked up with her hair braided into cornrows. Cornrows are obviously a huge part of African culture and for Kim to be taking this significance and using it as a fashion trend when she is not African was seen as controversial by many and a reporter from Glamour.com said she's not angry at Kim, she's just disappointed as she is such a public figure and is not setting the right example, not to mention the cultural appropriation here. Um, Not only this, but she didn't even call them cornrows or Fulani braids, which is the actual name. Um but had the audacity to call them Bo Derek braids. Um, Bo Derek is a white actress who wore Fulani braids in the 70s, and not only was not calling the braids by their traditional name bad, but whitewashing them and giving homage to a white woman instead of the many years of African culture is even worse. I feel like there's no rebound after that. Like, oh my god. Um, Many people also express their annoyance and fury that when black women wear their hair in braids, it's often seen as unprofessional, stereotypically, and teenage girls are often sent home for wearing this hairstyle from school. Yet, Kim can wear them, and she receives praise and money for it. I don't know what world you guys are living in, but in this one, that is wrong on so many levels. Um, Another one of Kim's slip-ups... Um, it was in the early days of her shapewear brand Skims. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's really successful. Um, and yeah, it's shapewear. So the name originally was supposed to be Kimono, like the Japanese word kimono, meaning clothes, and her name, Kim. Again, people took to Twitter to discuss with multiple people angry that the line has absolutely nothing to do with Japanese heritage or anything to do with Japan, really. And that she's just using it because it worked well with her name and disregarding the culture behind it in the process. And Kim claimed that the name was supposed to hint towards the, quote, beauty and detail in a garment. And then the Twitter hashtag, hashtag Kim, oh no, as in, oh no Kim, Kim oh no. <laughs> it's kind of funny. They started, it started trending days after the release of the name, with people using it to express their concern over it and their sadness over how this is allowed. Um, Kim also tried to trademark the word, claiming kimono as her own word and brand. What? That just takes away its whole meaning in Japan and Japan's culture. Um, Fed up with this, um, a woman called Sono Fukushini 
started a change.org petition to help others share their upset with this brand, which received 11,000 signatures within days. And I've just checked it today. And a few years later, it has over 135,000 signatures. So I think that is what really sparked the name change from kimono to skims. Um, it's safe to say that Miss Kim K does not have a good track record with the stunts that she pulls. Not only Kim Kardashian, but similar scandals to those of Kim K take place on the runway, where models are seen walking in pieces that are extremely controversial and can be seen as appropriating ancient cultures. So let's go through some examples. You can search these up as we go if you want, just to have a visual aid, but I'll try and describe them. So Gigi Hadid and Kendall Jenner, two of the world's most famous models ever, they walked for Marc Jacobs in 2016 at New York Fashion Week wearing colourful dreadlock wigs. Um, the outfits themselves I don't think were offensive in any way, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was the added hair that tipped the looks over the edge from a suitable runway look to borderline controversial. Yeah, another instance is Gucci sending models down the runway wearing $800 Sikh turbans. People were calling out Gucci for their disregard of Sikh traditions and their insensitivity, but also the fact that this cultural item designed for a fashion purpose in this case, was being sold for such an amount. Like $800, and a high-end brand like Gucci was going to be profiting hugely off them when it's such a key part of the Sikh culture. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Um, similarly, Victoria's Secret Angels received backlash for wearing Native American headdresses in a runway show in 2012. The look was removed from the broadcast, um, with model Carly Kloss, who was the one walking in it, agreeing and supporting the decision. Pretty sure they apologised. It wasn't broadcasted, like I said. Everything was good. However, again in 2017, were the same mistakes made with VS Angels wearing similar Native American headdresses once again. It doesn't take any analysis to see the problems here. Designers and public figures often don't think about what they're putting on their bodies, and often continued to make the same mistakes again, offending many cultures around the world without seeming to care that much about the impact, which is, which is crazy. Like, I can't, I can't even wrap my head around it. So you may be wondering, why is this such a big deal? Why do people take offense so harshly? Um, culture is a concept as old as time, and for some people, their culture and heritage are the most important things to them and seeing an outsider using it as a way to make money and gain fans and support is just kind of wrong. It won't sit right with them, it doesn't sit right with me. Another reason is the context of it. For example, sometimes one could be celebrating the culture, you know, like being invited to an Indian wedding, if you're not Indian, and being allowed to wear the traditional Indian dress, that's okay. However, Halloween costumes, let me get started. They have a track record of taking cultural dress and making it promiscuous or provocative. There are numbers of cultures that are victims of the Halloween costume problem. Like a sexy Hawaiian girl is one I found online. 
The traditional Hawaiian hula skirt is worn by hula dancers as it's made from dry grass that can last a long time, it's very durable, and they're easy to make and transport. And here are these companies that are cutting them the size of a belt, they're mini, and claiming it's cultural, like it's just wrong. Another example of this, and I quote the name of this costume I found online, quote, sexy Native American costume women's. What? How do these companies and the people purchasing, the people modelling even, not see anything wrong with this? My point is, there's celebrating the culture, then there's exploiting it and making it very much 18 plus, when that's completely not what the dress was originally designed like. So from the point of view, from someone who values their culture and respects the history, then going out and seeing some costume completely sexualizing it, I'd be damn well offended. Okay, going back to the runway and the culture scandals over there, the fact that designers have these models walking in national dress of countries is like making it mainstream and trendy. Do you know what I mean? The whole point of the runway is for designers to premiere their designs and for media to pick it up, share it around the world. And so then high street brands like H&M, Forever 21, start making pieces inspired by the runway, and then consumers like us buy the products and boom, a new trend is born. This is the life cycle of the usual trend. And then it usually ends up in a thrift shop or in the bin, sadly, which is so annoying. Um, and designers, if they're taking cultural dress and claiming it as their own design, the life cycle doesn't stop. The ancient ethnic designs are being robbed of their heritage and are being classed as trends that people will buy, wear once, not understand the history, not really know what they're wearing, and throw it in the bin, which is hugely disrespectful to the years of history associated with the original designs. Culture is not a trend. Okay, now I want to move on to some defence and why it may not be so bad. Um, I have some points on why cultural appropriation on the runway sometimes isn't that bad, and I'm going to discuss them here. Um, I found these online. These are not my opinions. Um, I found the statements, and then I'm just going to talk about them and see what I think. And tell me if you guys agree. First of all, the designers never have a malicious intent. Okay, this one kind of starts off strong. I, I agree with this. I'm sure that the designers really don't mean to harm anyone or deliberately alienate a group of people because at the end of the day, they want support and followers and money. So I can agree with that, but maybe I'm just looking at the positive side, but you believe what you want to. I really don't think that they would deliberately want to be mean and hurtful, but yeah. Um, another one is that the designers do have to produce X number of pieces a year, so maybe you don't have time to stop and properly research before they release. Okay, this one is wrong for many reasons. First of all, they're being overworked. If they have to make this many pieces that they can't research what they're making properly, then you're asking too much of them, and they're then risking their career and support because they're being asked too much of. That's just disappointing. Secondly, okay, say they can't research. Surely someone in the design team or manufacturing team would notice that the designs are extremely offensive and would say something. And if everyone thought it was acceptable, then these companies need more diverse teams. Like, come on. Thirdly, I feel like especially with the Victoria's Secret Native American headdresses, 
it wasn't a matter of a design that someone, you know, one day just marvelously came up with that needs to be researched and approved and just double checked. It was so obviously a headdress. Like, so no, I don't agree with that point. Um, the next is, it can be okay to use culture in high-end brand designs if it's done with respect and in the proper manner. Just to give an example, um, Dior did a photo shoot um, a while back featuring the Mexican Escaramuzas, which I believe is a horseback riding related word. I'm sorry, I don't know the specifics. Anyway, Dior did a photo shoot relating to this and it was under some backfire for using this Mexican tradition so kind of loosely, loosely, loosely and carelessly. Dior then came back and claimed that the shoot was done in Mexico by eight Mexican photographers. So it was kind of kind of linked in that sense. Um, that This I can understand. At least the photo shoot wasn't done like in America with like all these white photographers who had no idea what they were shooting. It's a step in the right direction. It's, uh, I don't know, I half agree with this one because I feel like this excuse could be manipulated and designers could kind of start to say things like this just to get away with even worse things, which is just low. I also want to address cancel culture for designers. So in the social media world, there's obviously cancel culture where one mistake can end an influencer's career. And this is things such as saying an offensive word online, supporting something offensive, doing something offensive, etc. And once this is out, the fandom very quickly drop out and the person becomes boycotted pretty much. But this is the silly world of social media. Is it the same with designers? Should it be the same with designers? Influencers get dropped for saying one little thing that they often didn't realise was offensive and then their whole career's over. Yet designers can allow models to walk wearing this cultural dress that's more offensive and get away with it? Is it, like, rich privilege? Like, are designers just better than influencers? Is it the model's fault? Do you guys think that the same cancel culture idea should be applied to designers as it is to influencers? I think I'm going to put that on my Instagram story because I'm very curious what you guys think and I think it's a very interesting little topic. So if you're listening to this in the first 24 hours of the episode being live, so from, oh gosh, this is going to be hard, so from the 31st of July at 12pm UAE time to Sunday the 1st of August, 12pm UAE time, then go check my Instagram story and let me know. But if you're not, then feel free to message me. That's just some food for thought for you. It's not the end just yet, but I wanted to summarise what's gone on so far. We've discussed fashion fails, celebrities, designers, brands, campaigns. We've discussed it all. I hope you guys are more enlightened about this issue and keep an eye out for it in your day-to-day lives as it's more common than you think, which is so sad. But now I'm going to quickly mention something that I've stumbled across recently. It's an app called Vogue Runway that lets you stalk the runway collections of designers and create like mood boards with the photos. So it's like Pinterest, but for runway designs. And this isn't sponsored. I just like it as it's kind of introduced me to the world of runway and allowed me to look at designers' work and see who's I like and get a feel for the industry. So yeah, I thought I'd just drop that in there. It's called Vogue Runway and it's on the App Store. Now, 
on to the last section of the podcast. This is the Instagram account of the episode, and this episode is actually two people, but they're very close friends and have a habit of posting together. They are actresses Carla Diaz and Martina Caridi. That would sound better with an accent, but I'm not going to do it. But yeah, they're most known for their roles on Elite, or Elite, I don't know. I say Elite because, I mean, it's a Spanish show, so surely the title would be in Spanish, so Elite, but it's spelt like the English word Elite. Um, it's a Spanish show on Netflix that I recommend hugely. So their handles are at I'm Carla Diaz, um, I-M-C-A-R-L-A-D-I-A-Z, and at underscore Martina Caridi, and that is C-A-R-I-D-D-I underscore. So you can go check them out if you want. Um, the post I want to discuss is actually on Martina's account. It was posted on the 3rd of July, and it's the two standing on a balcony posing. Martina on the left is wearing a tan pleated skirt with black buckles, a green top crop top, and an orange and black jacket, while Carla is wearing chevron flared trousers and an off-the-shoulder kind of deep neck, black corset-type milkmaid top kind of thing, and platform trainers, which look like they're Supergas, but I'm not sure on that, so don't hold me to that, but they look like Supergas, and you can get ones like that from Superga. I am loving Martina's skirt situation, because of the neutral tone of the skirt, pretty much anything could be paired with it, including this electric green top that she's wearing. This colour is so summery, and so gorgeous on her skin tone, and a similar colour is the star of a Pinterest board I made called Pink and Green, on my Pinterest at M.A. Cantaria. It's good to note that both of um, the girls have dyed hair. So Martina, after finishing her role on Elite, dyed her brunette hair ginger. And it's quite the bold move, but it suits her perfectly and has has the perfect contrast to her green top. And Carla has also bleached her hair blonde and the two rock their new summer looks. Um, yeah, Carla is wearing an all-black fit, perhaps to oppose her lighter hair. The milkmaid corset top displays her necklaces really nicely, and I really like them. And the brown and black chevron flares are right up my street, and I would definitely get these, hence my interest in this post and the outfit. She's also wearing Lamanso rings on her fingers, which are very, very trendy right now. I've seen them everywhere on all the celebrities, especially Bella Hadid. Um, it's a chunky orange one and a chunky green ring. Um lovely accessories very in style go and check out the post you're going to want to see it for yourself um these two also post many things together all in stunning outfits just to repeat their handles it's at i'm carla diaz and at underscore martina caridi underscore that's it for today guys oh wait that's it for season one wow I don't like saying, like, season one, season two. It makes it sound so, like, professional. I don't really like that. But I don't really know what else to call it. Part one? Part two? I don't know. Let me know if you have anything better to call it. But I guess I'll just say season for now. But I hope this episode was interesting. It's definitely a different approach um, and more serious and on topic for issues in our world today, but still linking to kind of fashion. So let me know if you like more of the trends, thrifting kind of stuff, or... The discussing issues kind of episode or I can keep it a bit of both who knows um, I said this at the beginning but I'll say it again if I've said anything wrong or offensive let me know I want to pick up on it understand better 
apologise. And if I did, it was not my intent. But yeah, that's a wrap on season one. I need one of those things they have, the black and white boards that they like. Okay, you, you know what I mean. Um, shout out to those who have stuck from the beginning. Yeah, love you guys. Stay cool, stay confident, and stay listening to my podcast. Peace out, loves.